if they hit pause halfway through it and was like, hey, uh, odds are even that Zach Galifianakis is in this movie. <laughs> I'd be like, <sighs> gotta take the S. I th- I, the I way think that yes. this is going. <laughs> Brunch, hit it, boys. You know what's kind of wild? What? We haven't done anything with Hustlers versus The Hustle. What is The Hustle? The Hustle is something that is on demand that is Anne Hathaway and, uh, shoot, come on, Rebel Wilson. Hmm. I've, yeah. I've, I've seen the poster for it six million times. I've never seen a preview for it. I've never seen anything for it. But I do know there is a movie... Currently in theaters called Hustlers, which I can't believe we haven't seen that. Is crazy to me, but it's doing very well, and everybody's crazy about it. It's got that huge uh, it's uh, discrepancy between the actual Rotten Tomatoes score and the audience score, which those are my kind of movies. Mm-hmm. Those are what I want. That's that's the brunch score, which is the difference between the audience score and the critic score. Yeah. I want I want like a nice. Beggars can't be choosers, but if I can get like a brunch score of 40, I am so excited to see that movie because I need to see why people were on such different pages. Yes, absolutely. It definitely uh, ups my intrigue for sure. Uh, I'm also between now that you mentioned Anne Hathaway, I'm shocked that we haven't seen Serenity because Serenity was supposed to be one of the the absolute pieces of shit. Oh, really? Of of this year. Don't even know what you're talking about. It's the one with uh, Anne Hathaway and Matthew McConaughey. Oh, I thought you were going to say Lucas Hedges, because probably. No, I wouldn't want to see that, because Lucas Hedges is like my golden boy. He's oh, so good. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to say you don't want to see it because he's canceled or something. No. I love Lucas Hedges. I don't want to see him being a piece of shit. Yeah, well, he's going to. Lucas Hedges is uh, he's like young Kevin Hart. <laughs> he's in every movie that's made. Yeah, but he has the best agent who finds him the best roles. That's true. He's he in got... everything that's good, except right. for that movie, Boy Erased, which was I thought was just okay. I didn't see that one. I also didn't see... What's the one that's like Lulu's Back in Town? Is the name? Something <laughs> Lulu's like... Back in Town. Uh, it's like some... Uh, ben is Back? Uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's one with uh, Julia Roberts. Right. And his those... dad wrote that. So like... If uh, or his dad directed it or something like that. So if it's bad, you kind of just you kind of he did a favor for us. He's getting to be in movies, but I mean, we were pioneers in the in the bachelorette party movie, the bachelorette party slash girls trip type movies. So it surprised me when I I saw a thing the other day. I saw the 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 hustle was just sitting there on demand, and I was like, man. How do we not do this? How do we not do an episode where we said we were going to review Hustlers and then instead gave a full breakdown on the hustle instead? That'd be a hilarious idea. Would have been. It would be like a shit post episode. Pretend yes. you saw a movie and then just like give a bunch of BS about it. Yeah. Um, we should do that, though. We, at some point. All right. It's coming. Next episode. Next episode, we're also going to have a guest. Uh, we're not necessarily going to have a guest. But we... One of the first target guests we were going to have was Seinfeld 2000. We asked him to be on. He said, okay. We had an idea that we wanted to execute. Ran it by him. He said, probably not going to happen because the idea was that we get him and one of the guys from the... uh, Now, I don't think anybody even knows about this anymore, but the the genesis of the Seinfeld 2000 account, which was the modern Seinfeld, Seinfeld Today thing... That's right. There were multiple guys who ran that account, right? Yes, they were like was two like comedy a- writers. One of them is one of them was uh, Josh Golden, Josh Goldman, Goldenman or something. Like he's done. He's a local guy, and he's done well, and he's like good. But he would. That was one of the. That was like one of the things that helped uh, help put him on the map. So we wanted to get him, and I. Fig- I was like, you know what? Through like, I, I got. I got some comedy friends. I was like. I, I could get in touch with that Josh guy. Easy peasy. We'll get him. We'll get Seinfeld 2000. We'll have them like duke air, it out. An airing, airing of grievances. Right. Exactly. And uh, Seinfeld 2000 was like, yeah, I'll just save you the time. There's no way that they're going to do anything involving me. Because <laughs> like apparently like, they really did not like Seinfeld 2000. I mean, shocker. I right. mean, it's it. I would also hate a guy who mercilessly mocked my idea and just did it a thousand times better it's than so my original funny idea. though that we are so i think that uh i think it's like 
not a decade, but probably 2012, something like that. Pretty close to a decade. Right. So I, I, I can't do the math, but I mean, however many years we are out from 2012, I don't think anybody knows. But he's like years and years and years into this joke. And I've been listening to Time Crisis, which is Ezra Koenig's show on Beats One. And it's Ezra Koenig and one of his buddies. And then <laughs> Seinfeld 2000 is the producer. And Seinfeld 2000 just like chimes in. He's like has like factoids. He does the kind of the producer thing. Mm-hmm. And he rules. I recently listened to an episode where they just like went back and explained to Ezra Koenig's friend how he actually came to be because Ezra's friend didn't understand that. He, he just thought he was like, oh, it's Seinfeld 2000. He's like this Seinfeld. He's the guy that makes the Seinfeld memes, which more or less is what he is. But when you go back and think of like the run that Seinfeld 2000's had where it's got, it started as just, just a mocking account. Very lowbrow making fun of... Seinfeld, uh, modern Seinfeld today, whatever it was, but it was like inappropriate too. It was, it could be crude. It was very, it was extremely anti Barack Obama, which I had forgotten. Remember, he would always like Barry. Lubin Barry Obame, <laughs> and now he would ruin everything. Uh, so yeah, we were like, but that was, but that also is that's mocking the thanks Obama. Oh, for thing. sure, right? Yeah. It's it's, a, it's like a Canadian dude, so right. he's. Uh, I, I think he's smarter than your, your yeah so it, i mean like the origin story of how that account came to be is amazing especially because it survived this long and it survived this long basically by becoming a just like a meme account but it is the best meme account yes it is we so are, fucking good yeah we were just so we were just talking about it before the show and we were like that is that still is like the best twitter account i remember when he first came out or when i when he first came across my radar i was like if I could only follow five accounts, there's, you could probably find, you could probably like dig up tweets like from before you'd really popped. Where like I, I tweet like if I could only follow five accounts, it would be <laughs> Pete Blackburn, Seinfeld, two thousand, and like I probably added myself like or Jeff. something because that was my my that was my early brand was uh, being a unself aware blowhard, mm-hmm. and then I realized that's actually just what Twitter is. Yes. So what t- Seinfeld two thousand has basically become is like a perfect pop star where he he's not doing anything that like the rest of the internet is isn't doing right he's just doing it a thousand times better it's just like it's pop music that is just perfectly immaculately produced right do you remember the song that he made no he and how to dress well made a song that was called the speed dial and it was legitimately just recapping the speed dial episode of Seinfeld. I'm going to play it for you right now. Okay. Watch it. 
Jerry, who's this? It's Valerie. Oh, hi, Valerie. What's up? I'll tell you what's up. My stepmother is violently ill, so I hit the button for poison control, and I get you! Wow, poison control? That's even higher than number one! Amazing. Yeah, right? I mean, the, the that guy does so many things. Like he's done the video game. He's done. Uh, he's done like music. He's done. Do you remember Sign Quest? No. It was like a video. It was like like focus. Okay. Like uh, just like do this. Well, it was almost like a, me- a meditation type thing. What if Seinfeld is still like on TV today? K just like a magan. What if it didn't get canceled by NBC because only 312 people watched the last episode of season 8? What if Seinfeld still coming onto your TV every third day night must see TV? Honestly, it's a mystery that has intrigued the world's greatest thinkers throughout the ages. Actually, bro, the ancient Inca prophesied that there would one day be a second coming of Seinfeld in a modern era or whatever. This great retarn of the show about nothing would be chock full with reference to all the technologies and popular culture, social codes, and news event of its time. Okay? Like basically, it'd be Seinfeld, but like modern with references to Craigslist and stuff, the planking phenomenon, Xbox 360, Spider-Man reboot. Oh man, like so much stuff. Um, like Large Hadron Collidars, Breaking Bad, Teach Me How to Dug Dance. Just like I could go on, Gangan style. Arab Spring, like the latest computer software hackers like Edward Snowdan. You get the idea, all modern references. Oh yeah, and like Coney and that Coney video guy who was like diddling himself in public after that. In this current day Seinfeld, it's basically like all about how no modern subject would be off limit for Jari and his friends Garge, Alon, and Krom. He's never struck out. It's crazy. In like a decade, he's never done anything that I've been like, ah oh, man, this guy's losing it. Well, I think we should have Mon interview him and like get to the bottom of it. I remember... When they first started making, when they first started like putting out stories about him, he said that he had a job in media and that he didn't want his actual name to be out there and everything. So I think that he just like actually has a lot of chops. Like I'm sure that he's like a Photoshop machine. Like he invented the uh, the Curb Your Enthusiasm music things that everybody does now. If they're right, if there's yeah, that's the word. (laughs) If there's ever like an awkward moment and someone does the the zoom in so and he gets really mad about that because there are so many people that do it like incorrectly oh really yeah so i read about it in seinfeld uh seinfeldia the book oh wow and i guess like he gets very very mad that the like that meme has lost its original intended purpose that sucks yeah he uh another now it's now it's just become like a ooh, this is an awkward moment oh that's the worst yeah Another thing they discussed on Time Crisis that I'd forgotten about, um, Ezra was saying, like, the best, <laughs> one of the better aspects of him is that if somebody, like, lightly responds, like, hey, not your best, still love you or whatever, <laughs> that he just blows the fuck really? up. Yeah, he'll, like, respond. He'll be like, fuck you, unfollow bitch or something. <laughs> like, that's just, like, <laughs> a way disproportionate response. That's amazing. To, yeah. So, well, sh- if we get him on the show next week, uh, right. the title of the episode should be uh, should be "Not Your Best Sorry" right. or uh, or "Fuck You Unfollow." <laughs> yeah, shouts out Seinfeld 2000. I'm like I'm like re falling in love with Seinfeld 2000, which is simply an elite Twitter account. Um, you want to talk about the Sergio Simpson album? Real I quick? was going to say, speaking of Seinfeld, let's talk about my uh, English patient, which is this Sergio Simpson album. I gotta say. I, I could possibly say I love Sturgill Simpson. Mm-hmm. I really like Sturgill Simpson. I love his first album. 
I thought that if stupid Adele was go- was gonna win the the Grammy when she won it, uh, that that his album should have. Because his second most recent album is good, Sailor's Guide to the Earth. So it's yeah. I always get the name wrong. Yeah, um, I love that one. Red. So that that that's my second least favorite. Really? Yeah. So I think that we just have very and different. This is my, and interests. Yes, because he does his first. I, I realized what it was. Realistically, his first two albums were produced by Dave Cobb, who does everything I like. He did uh, Little Neon Limelight by Howmouth. He does all Chris Stapleton stuff. He is just great for country and southern rock and all that jazz. And then this last album, uh, the, the before this, Sturgill produced himself, which is cool and it's got some cool sounds and everything. This album, he flew off the handles. <laughs> he, he, it's out of control. And I ended up... I, the, the fifth song I like, Make, uh, Make Art, Not Friends. Okay. And then the, really the second half of the album is pretty good, starting with... Uh, I got to look at the track listing. Um, so I like Make Art, Not Friends, and then I like All Said and Done, Last Man Standing, and Mercury in Retrograde. Fastest Horse in Town is all right. But really, like the second half, uh, the second side of the album is, uh, is good. But the first half is just like a noisy mess in the absolute worst way. It's very elementary songs that you can take like an elementary song and produce the hell out of it and mm-hmm. make it really cool. I mentioned Diane Young by Vampire Weekend last week. That's a three-chord song that is possibly the coolest thing I've ever heard in my life. Awesome. And Sergio Simpson does that a lot too. Like his songs are pretty simple. Father John Misty's got some some simple songs that that he he makes sound sound great because of his voice or lyrics or whatever. This is just they just he just pours way too much shit on it. And I the first five songs I was like or the first four songs I was like what in the hell am I listening to? It's like noisy ass bad like. There's disco moments that seem out of place. Yeah, I mean, it's, it is. Uh, it's I, all over the map. I'll say it's it's it is all over the map. I like it. I I, uh, I like it for the most part. It I will say that it definitely has. It is a bit confusing. It's it's like what is the direction of this I, album? I kept. <laughs> I was texting one of my friends while listening to it, and I was like, "Hey, uh, you heard this new Sturgill Simpson album?" And he was like, "No, I heard it's great." I was like, "Yeah, me too." A couple songs in. Hasn't uh, hasn't really hit me yet. And then, like halfway through the third song, I was like, "All right, he needs an adult. Like this is bad. <laughs> this is like I, I am rooting for this, and I it's a mess." What I'm it's hearing. kind it's kind of exhausting. It's kind of exhausting to just trying to wrap your head around like what this album is. Hmm. But again, I like it, and I Good. think that a big part of it is that just like I like Sturgill Simpson. Same. Um, I I do believe that the the pre release single. Which is uh, sing along? Yeah, that, that is song, the worst song. That in the song album. is dreadful. Yeah, that that, that, that was the tipping point for me. That was like that, I, was I think like, that's fair. Right, I've I've heard nothing but noise so far. This is probably a bad album. I but I liked the two. What the hell's Thanks going you, on here? Uh, are we keeping you up? What just happened? That's my text. My phone. Just, oh, because we both got a text at the same yeah. time. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I like the first two tracks on the album. Like Ronan is just like an intro fucking mm. song. Which is fine, and I think they kind of sets the pace for for uh, remember to breathe, and I like remember to breathe a lot. So the first two songs I really like, and then sing along comes on, and I'm like, eh. and then it kind of it it kind of gets you back uh, in make art not friends. Like so, sing along and, and a good luck, not great in my book. Would you agree the second side is, is better? better? Yeah, yeah, I I think so too. Um, now that I'm looking at this album, I'm realizing why it's so unsettling for me. The cover has reminded me that this album is musical mandy <laughs> that is not a it's bad the nick cage is, movie mandy yeah, where you're like what it, am i what am i looking at right now <laughs> which what are we who i have char- some is, is i have similar thoughts here? i have similar thoughts about the the album and right. that movie like it is a very fucking weird and and during it you're like what is going on here right. i'm very uncomfortable Sturgill, so this album is like Sturgill says uh, hey guys come come to this place for the album this is where the album's going to be you walk in and there is like spaghetti on the walls <laughs> and there's something but there there was definitely a fire at some point it's just an absolute mess alien there is like a dora the explorer backpack you're like Ex- is anybody here? 
Is anybody here? And then you hear like, and like someone turning on an amp, and you're like, okay, can you? I guess this is the show. I need to huh? know that everything is all right. And that's like the first 20 minutes of this album. Have you watched the uh, the anime movie? So there is a, there's a Netflix movie that accompanies this, correct? Yes, I have not. It's like an anime movie. Oh, really? Yeah. I haven't I haven't seen it, but uh, I've heard it's kind of crazy. When they said that, that well, it right. would suit this album. Right. When they said that uh, there was a Netflix accompanying it, I legitimately thought that it would be like Mandy. <laughs> it's like all dark, a lot of crazy red lights flashing, like Nicolas Cage for sure. The star of it, no Sturgill Simpson. So yeah, I don't like the album. It gave me a bad day yesterday. You want to talk about life insurance for a second? Oh, it's all I want to talk about. Okay, great. Because guess what? This episode is sponsored by our friends at Policy Genius. Policy Genius, they cover life insurance. They make it easy for you because sometimes life is hard, and life insurance shouldn't be hard too. So if you need life insurance, it can be difficult, but not if you go to Policy Genius. Because right now the pr- the prices are the lowest they've been in twenty years, and Policy Genius has made it easier than ever to get covered. Shop for life insurance online and do it in minutes. You can compare quotes from top insurers and find your best price. Once you apply, the Policy Genius team will handle all the paperwork and red tape for you. How easy is that? Doesn't get any easier. Policy Genius also doesn't just do life insurance; they also help you find the right home insurance, auto insurance, and disability insurance. Literally an insurance grand slam. Uh, If you need life insurance but haven't gotten around to it, National Life Insurance Awareness Month, which was last month, is as good a time as any. Also, why not the month after National Life Insurance Awareness Month? That's now, October. So go to policygenius.com, get quotes, and apply in minutes. You can do the whole thing on your phone right now. You have a phone right now. I certainly do. Not to brag. go to policygenius.com. Policy Genius, the easy way to compare and buy life insurance. Uh, we had that Sergio Simpson conversation, and I left out the only interesting thing that I had to say about Sergio Simpson in that album. I didn't tweet this, but I was going to, but then I decided it's too mean, and I generally don't like to say this thing is actually bad or whatever, because I want people Let to... Let people enjoy I want, things. I want people to... Not even that. I, I want... Like, in my head, I don't want Sturgill Simpson... To feel discouraged from continuing to try new things and doing and being different and everything. So okay. everybody, all artists, make your art and just keep making it. Uh, but if I didn't <laughs> think that, I was going to tweet. But nobody listens to this podcast. I was so going go to, ahead. Right. If if I were a lesser man, I was going to tweet. This new Sturgill Simpson album is the worst Jackson Maine comeback ever. Oh, yeah. I ended That's up like repurposing it into a follow up thing about like. I don't care for the Sturgill Simpson album, and then like did a little thread, and I was like, it does this, it does that. Sounds like a bad Jackson Maine comeback, but that's way buried. If I had led with, this is the worst Jackson Maine comeback, spoiler alert, he gone. But yeah, the first couple songs, I did think, I was like, this has like Jackson Maine vibes. That's, that's not great. That's, it's not great. Although Jackson Maine had some good, Jackson Maine had good songs. That first song, the song that opens the movie, yeah, the one where he talks the about Pearl the, Jam the, one, the, the Wayside, yeah, whatever <laughs> yeah. that is, yeah, it's just literally a Pearl Jam ripoff. I'll tell you what, like all those songs are written by like Jason Isbell and good. Let's see, Stars Born soundtrack. Let's do the Wikipedia. I bet that, uh, in fact, it wouldn't shock me if Sturgill Simpson's some part of that. Let's see. Um, writers, uh, uh, Jason Isbell, Lady Gaga wrote some of the songs, <laughs> Mark Ronson, Andrew Wyatt, that's my guy, uh, Lady Gaga, well, Lady Gaga, so, no Sturgill Simpson, no Sturgill, <laughs> no Sturgill, ah, so, shout out to Sturgill Simpson, keep making bad Jackson Maine, albums uh you see who's on that make dj wide again program is it deej no actually i didn't even mean to to set that up i have i've sucked since i since i hurt my knee i have a i haven't done That's anything true. you are banged up haven't moved haven't done anything i have been eating like a fucking monster and like pretty much only donuts <laughs> That's so I've bad. That's eating, like the worst thing you can eat. I have had like no real food for going on three weeks now. That's pretty bad. I'm 
I am just uh, the worst. I'm just sitting around eating like sugary bad food. I'm in a terrible mood, and it's all because like I have a, a knee injury. And I'm like, man, I am. If you, I'm if so you ever lucky encountered I didn't a have, real like, problem, exactly. <laughs> like I'm like, man, it gives you perspective that like fucking up my knee has ruined my life. Where people like. Obviously, people get sick. Like people, people get have like cancer, right, and they just plow through, and they just because they, they don't they, like take time off from work because they're like unbelievable. Like the spirit of a human can be can blow your mind. It can be so impressive, and I'm sure we all know people who have gone through things that you're like, wow, like your spirit inspires me. That is amazing. Yeah, and then I get like the like small Layla was on the on the the blues broadcast last night, and and yeah. Jeremy Roenick asked her. She, he was like, "What's the what's the one message that you would say to anybody who's going through issues?" And she was like, "Well, you can either feel sorry for yourself and say woe is me, or you can make the best of it and and be strong." And that's and, incredible. Like for as bad as people can be, there are people like, that like is a that child that. Fucking rule, and just have these this incredible spirit and determination, and just and then there's an you. unbelievable approach to life. And I like stub my toe, <laughs> and, and and I'm not like sitting around being like, oh, my knee hurts, blah blah. Like talking about my knee, talking about my knee, but just like this little thing has impacted me in this horrible yeah. way that I will not be able to get back. <laughs> and I kind of get it. Like as soon as one thing goes off the rail, my I, I feel like I'm. I just can't stop the snowballing. Oh, as soon yeah. as one thing goes wrong, I'm just like, well, if this is fucking going to happen, might as well might as well just eat the worst things in the world. Might as well not go to the gym because I'm eating the worst things in the world anyway, so right. why not? And it just keeps compounding, and, and, and like eventually I kind of have to just snap myself out of it and be like, you have to get your fucking self together. Oh, yeah. Like, well, think of it, not to make this a therapy, a therapy session, but just like think of... Oh man, I had a really bad day. I'm gonna get really drunk, and then you go get really drunk, which which was a the, the wrong thing to do. Yep. And then the next day you're hungover and you're probably depressed. As a, I don't know if any of you guys get the post drunk depression thing, and then you're like, all right, now I'm hungover and I feel bad about uh, getting that drunk or whatever, or I just or just it's usually the post drunk depression thing is just like. After being drunk, you're depressed about everything else. Not mm-hmm. necessarily being like you just you you choose in your hungover state to assess your life versus I don't know any other moment of the week <laughs> when you would be feeling way better and of much more sound mind. So then, like from having a bad day, you got drunk and then you feel bad about yourself the next day, and then you eat a bunch of stuff, and then it's like, oh well, I ate a bunch of bad stuff yesterday. So and then same thing, like yeah. you don't go to the gym and you just. Well, the thing about being hungover is that, like, the only thing you can do while hungover is just think about how much of a piece of shit you are. Right. Yeah. So, not a good time Pro- probably, to evaluate your life. Probably because it's your body knowing that it feels bad because of you. Like, you've yeah. got nobody to blame when you're hungover except for yourself. I'll tell you what, man. Not to brag. I've, uh, I've really, really, I would say heavily, I have heavily cut back on drinking and i haven't been hungover in a very long time i haven't been hungover in a long time either which is uh just i'm just asking for it because i got two weddings coming up back-to-back weekends and that's the worst when you're like hey you know what i've strung together a few good weeks and blah blah blah." and then it's like cool so you're just setting yourself up to ruin your life the next time you drink yep can't wait it's great it's bad uh but so i am not currently on the make dj wide again program I'll tell you who is Nikola Jokic. Oh yes, yeah. that guy got crushed. Did you see some of the responses to that picture? Yes, it was. Well, I didn't see. I didn't see the responses. I did see the picture. Let me let me show you the responses <laughs> no. to it. It is incredible. He so he is uh, a little. He's a little wide right side. now. A little doughy. So someone posted a picture of him with wide Drexler. The responses include. Uh, Andre Iguodala. Oh my god! Uh, let me find some. Uh, Man, he looks he looks large though. Crisp Paul, my favorite one, Thicky Rubio. <laughs> uh, Dion Waiters. Oh boy, Blob Cousy, Hakeem Olajuwon, 
Kyrie servings. <laughs> Bradley meal. Carl ate the whole town. Thick fox. Keg Odin. Dominique Milkins. <laughs> I like that one. It's just like you've been drinking too much milk. <laughs> Tracy McGravy. Ooh. Frying Scalabrini. And then a bunch of other ones. So does that qualify as fat shaming? I yeah. I mean I think it as does. Soon, yeah, as soon as you as soon as you start making fun of somebody who's gained weight, you're fat shaming. That's r- true. R- regardless of how creative you are at doing it. I and, think I still think it's funny. And but I, I think that people think that those things don't exist that, that there are different rules if it's a celebrity or something. I think it's different rules if it's if it's a uh, if it's an athlete. Because so, it's literally their job to Somebody be in raised shape. this point yesterday. We were talking about it at work and I was it was funny, and we were laughing at everything, and I was like, ah, we, we might be blurring some lines here. And one of my coworkers was like, we're talking about somebody who, as you said, like it's it's their job to be in shape. So they're, they're, there's more structure there where, like... I still think you have, have to have, like, wrong. a sense of humanity where, like, don't be just a, an absolute, like, monstrous, mean asshole right. to this, like, real person who has feelings... But also, like, if they're if they're going if it's their job to be in shape and, and like maintain f- prime physical form, I think you're allowed to make jokes when they sort of let themselves go a little bit. And that's a new segment we have called justifying fat shame, laughing at something, and then explaining why that was not okay for you to laugh at it. So that was a test. If you were laughing along when we were reading those names, then you failed. We weren't laughing for real. We were testing you, and I hope that you guys exposed. were mature about it. I hope that, that, that you were smart and considerate. Do we, should we do an ad or get to the movie? Uh, let's do an ad. Hey, check us out. Protein is an important part of a healthy lifestyle, whether you're trying to build muscle, lose weight, or get your nutrition on track. But with hundreds of crazy brands out there, it can be impossible to find a protein with clean ingredients. That you know is right for your body and your goals and tastes great. That's why we're so glad we've discovered Gainful. They deliver personalized protein powder straight to your door. I'll tell you what. I started by taking Gainful's quiz to find out which protein blend was the best for me. It was super quick. I probably did it in... It's probably like five or six questions, maybe even fewer. But they ask you the right questions. They ask about how often you work out, what your fitness goals are, any dietary restrictions you might have. And then they made me uh, the tailored protein blend, and it's been wonderful. You get to choose the flavors. I got some peanut butter cup. I got a strawberry milkshake situation. Milkshake one is good. Yeah, that's, I don't usually go for like strawberry protein. Same because you never know. Yeah, it's very it's a very dicey uh, but, endeavor. But with Gainful, you do know because we're telling you they, the strawberry is quite good. What do you use for like your uh, like mix mixer? Do you use water? Do you use milk? I use a plant-based milk. Ooh, look at yeah. you, fancy boy. Uh, I just trying to save the world, you know. Yeah, I so I, years ago I switched off of whey protein because it was bad for my skin. And, I've heard that. And uh, dairy is also bad for your skin and bad for the world. Is it? Yeah, bro, you got to cut down on that meat and dairy consumption. Mm, well, I don't do mu- too much dairy. I started using milk for the for the gainful protein. It's a lot better than water. Oh, yeah. So I'm going to stick with it. So uh, that's a little uh, pro tip for you guys. If you're going to do Gainful, which you should, because I, I'm i dead yeah, serious right now. Dead serious right now. The Gainful protein is very, very good. And with Gainful, you get free unlimited one-on-one access to your very own registered dietitian. It rules. So we really want you to get your own pro- personalized protein powder from Gainful as well. So we've arranged a special offer for our listeners. Get $15 off your first month of personalized protein powder. But only when you go to gainful.com slash brunch. That's G-A-I-N-F-U-L dot com slash brunch. Don't wait. Go to gainful.com slash brunch today for our special offer. Okay. We didn't even tease in the beginning that we were going to talk about Joker. And all, I'm th- all I've been thinking about, really, since I saw Joker last night, is talking about this. First of all, I want to know sort of like what your feelings were going into the movie because obviously this is one of the most I, I don't want to say controversial because it like did, doesn't deserve to be like controversial, do right? Yeah. <laughs> but it is it is for sure like the most 
I think people are, are more, were more or are more nervous for this movie than they've been for like any movie in, an, in as far as I can remember. My thinking was impress me because I don't I'm not blown away by uh, this one is uh, Marvel, right? Ye, no, it is not. Is, it is, is uh, DC. DC? Yes. DCU? DCU Wait. Savings Bank? What oh, can, no. Wait, what's what the... can DCU do for you? Uh, no, which one has the universe? That's Marvel Cinematic Universe. Ah, so... Th- so. There is a DC Cinematic Universe, but it's not a real But thing. this one is DC. Yes. Okay, so I went in with that question on my mind. <laughs> which one is this? MC or DC or PCL or whatever? Uh, no, I went in... Thinking, the way I always go in with these superhero movies, I'm not blown away by superhero movies. So if this is good, then if if this leaves a good impression on me, then it did a great job. It means that it was accessible for everybody. But well, if you went I, in saying thinking that it was a superhero movie, you're problematic. Oh, that's true. Right. Oh, shoot. Wait, at that up. <laughs> did not mean superhero character in a superhero universe. Uh, but I scaled it. I scaled that. Uh, that little, I, I took the bumper lanes off it a bit for that because all anybody has said going in, other than crying about it, is that this is more of a standalone movie that's just about a guy. So mm-hmm. this isn't as much a... It's an origin a, story. Right. So it's not as much like watching a Batman movie, which, having seen it, I kind of disagree with because it still did have the feel of a... Of a... Uh, one of those comic book movies. That, mm-hmm. That's what I would say. Um, so that was mainly it. I, I went in with the. I'm probably not going to love it, but I, I think that I, I think I ended up coming out of it liking it as an actual movie. It was there were some ridiculous things, but yeah. I kind of I kind of expected that. I went in uh, being nervous, and I was. N- I'll tell you why. I wasn't nervous for like a lot of the, a lot of the reasons why other people are nervous. Why like security is needed at a lot of these showings or whatever. Well, I, I'm tell you what. I'm down for that. If yeah. I go to them, like, I wanted there to be like guards and stuff. I want that at all my movies. I, I, I want ju- no other saying, people in there, but I do want guards. I'm just saying that that can happen at literally any movie. So I wasn't, I wasn't nervous about going to see this movie. I wasn't like, I can't see the Joker on opening night because right. of this. I was nervous because of how I was going to receive the movie because... Uh, like this one, the the hype is was like so high. People are like movie of the year, getting real Oscar buzz. Joaquin Phoenix is amazing, and I think whenever you have a movie like that, you go in and being like, ah, I hope I'm not disappointed. So a little nervous about that. Number two, uh, I was just nervous about being mad about all the takes after seeing it because like you can. We saw all the takes that came out before before we saw it, right. and we were just able to kind of brush it off and be like. Well, whatever. We'll wait till the movie comes out. I had a couple meltdowns. I'll be honest. <laughs> like, but for me, like, if I see, if I see a movie and I think that it's great, and then I see people talk bad about a movie or right. whatever, then I'm like, oh man, now I have to go to war for this movie. So I know, was a little nervous. You know, about people that. are going to say stuff without having seen it. Yeah, for sure. They did before it even came out. So uh, that's what I'll just say. That's that was my mentality going in. But I really liked it. Yeah. And also, it was it was. It was a lot. I knew that it was going to be weird. Yeah. This was a lot weirder than I expected it to be at points. I'll tell you what. If you like uh, Joaquin Phoenix without a shirt on and yes. like almost like ribcage porn, well, there was a, there was a yeah. lot of uh, did you, a lot of like not like side boob is the wrong term, but just like a lot of shots of him with like almost kind of Father John Misty-esque, like no shirt and dress pants. There were uh, there are way too many right angles on his body yes like sharp angles yes it is uh it is very unsettling i'm sure that was done on purpose but his body is extremely unsettling emaciated yes yeah, he, yeah, yeah. uh to, to quote Especially boy his back and his shoulder blades right i wonder if that's like is that special effects or something or is that actually he, lo- he lost 52 pounds for the movie which that doesn't work with joaquin phoenix when they're like oh did you hear this actor lost this much weight or whatever when they say Joaquin Phoenix lost 52 pounds, I'm like, I've been checking in daily with Joaquin Phoenix, and I feel like you need to to have any sort of frame of reference uh, as true. to where he started when he lost 52 pounds. Because he could have been off doing some crazy thing where if someone was like, hey, Joaquin Phoenix is 400 pounds, I'd be like, oh, Joaquin. <laughs> I feel like he just doesn't exist outside of movies. Yeah. 
But I thought that he was good in this movie, and I, I very good. I think that the the hype had died down. I, I don't know. The hype had had died down because it was overtaken by takes and people being concerned about the movie and saying it's problematic and this and that. That honestly, when I went in, I forgot that people had said because when that trailer came out, everyone was like, "Oh, let's go! A plus movie, greatest movie in the world." And it wasn't the greatest, but so far of the things that I've seen, it's worth being nominated for stuff. He certainly should be nominated for it. Um, the other people were good. His uh, mom. So he's he's Arthur, which I did not know that was the Joker's name. He lives with his mom where they speak like what is it, like 50-50 German English. Yeah, it's uh, well, I, no, it's definitely not fifty fifty, but it, like there's there's a quite a bit of amount German. of a distracting amount of German with no subtitles. Yeah, so I don't. I missed. I, so you miss like a good portion of the movie if you're not bilingual. Is that? But is that suggesting that that you're not supposed to? Like, are we supposed to go down like a rabbit hole and like transcribe what or translate what they're talking about? I just kind of took it as like. They have this background, and you're not necessarily supposed to know, like where they're fully where they're coming from. But there's like a there's this thing that exists between that family dynamic that you're not supposed to go there. Okay, so like she is like his and not ours, almost like she like exists in his world and. Cause I tell, I swear I don't understand German. I know they I wish, have to know that we, we should have got a guest that like that is bilingual and speaks we German. Should we should have got Zidane Ochara. We should bring an old person who speaks German to the movie theater so they can translate for us <laughs> as we're watching it, and then people can't shush them because you can't shush people in the movie theater because then you're the bad guy. Well, yeah, but I mean, if you bring an old person to do it, it's service for the entire movie theater because even if they try to be quiet, they'll be oh, super that's loud. Right? <laughs> they'll say it really loudly, but then the rest of the movie they're gonna be like, mm. <laughs> mm. "It's like, oh no, 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 Paul, 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 relax." Um, he would it is it correct to say he's an aspiring comedian? Yeah, he, he's like obsessed with like this Johnny Carson type guy. Yeah, he he loves late night television, and he he aspires to be like a stand up comedian on one of those late night shows. Right, and it's not spoiling to say he gets on it. No, it, he, that's in the pre in the trailers. Oh, really? I never remember anything from trailers. Like, he gets on it, and Robert De Niro plays the Johnny Carson type guy. Uh, I would watch that show anyway, and uh, he goes on. Won't be sport. People will understand that that he bombs mm-hmm. in a s- scene that I wish was like the entire movie. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> the stand-up set is uh, spectacularly bizarre. They lean into he's not very good at comedy. His his entire initial stand-up set is him attempting to. <laughs> it's it's him literally trying the entire time is his about his inability to define a rat and a mouse and it is just (laughs) the it is the most uncomfortable awkward stand-up set that you will ever see in your life he's like because i see them both (laughs) it is i mean it is it's it's hilarious but nobody in the crowd is laughing right they're not laughing but i'm watching i'm like I know this is just going to be like a tight five, but I'd like to see where this bit goes. Yeah. It's, it's like it, too, was four hours long. Please make Joker four hours long and just have three and a half of right. it be Arthur doing stand-up about With, rats and mice. He doesn't, the best part is he doesn't know when to just like let the failing joke fail and move on. Well, he keeps trying to explain it. Right. And then he's like, he, he keeps like throwing tag. He was like... Is it like a speed thing? He says, is it a speed thing? <laughs> it is absurd, which it's unlike the, with the, the, uh, the Sturgill Simpson album. I'm like, what am I listening to? This is supposed to be a country, like an alternative country musician. And when you're watching that, you're like, what the hell am I watching right now? I'm watching Joaquin Phoenix desperately try to get people on board with possibly the silliest joke premise I've ever seen, but it makes sense because I'm like it's a Joker movie. That's what, it's so that's to be what weird I was going to say. Like I'm completely okay with this movie 
going to like very bizarre, very strange places because it is a the Joker movie. It's a Joker origin story. Uh, it, it has to be kind of where that it, it has to go there. Speaking of bizarre places, sometimes I forgot it was the Joker origin story because uh, both the Joker and the movie has an obsession with Mark Maron's character. One of so he works at um, Joker is like a rent a clown guy. Like if you saw the Flight of the Concord episodes where they have the signs and they got to twirl them around and everything. He's and very good at twirling signs. He twirls signs, but not as well as Todd Mark Maron's character. Ted. Ted. What did I say? Todd. Todd. Oh, it's because I'm thinking of director Todd Phillips mm. from the director. From the man who brought you road trip, here comes the Joker's origin story. That's a, that's one thing I just like can't reconcile. I cannot wrap my head around that. I just, all this is coming in like Oscar buzz from the guy who brought you road trip. Yeah, it's it's like we should do a like, recut trailer. It's like from the guy that brought you road trip. Trip. You wanna wanna see it, some cans? <laughs> And like 10 years ago, you're like, hey, in 2019, Todd, Todd Phillips is going to make the most controversial movie of the year. And you're going to be like, uh, what, what, yeah, what stupid fucking comedy is he going to try to push the boundaries with? I was like, oh, no, it's just a, a Joker origin story movie. And you're like, what? Oh, man. So Todd is the director. Ted is. Would they be coworkers? I don't know. It seems like a freelance. It seems like a part-time gig. They don't necessarily go out together. But they all meet up at the beginning of the day when they're given their assignments and stuff. Uh, Ted, Mark Marin, dresses up as a big rubber ducky. And his crush, Zazie Beetz, uh, who I think is going to be a lot of people's crush after this movie because she rules, is uh, she thinks that, that, that Ted is pretty cool. Yeah, so she's, Zazie Beetz is uh, Arthur's crush. But it leads to... A rivalry wouldn't make for the right word because I don't think Ted understands that this that the Joker is obsessed with him. I think that he just thinks that he's like kind of a a weird guy. But it does lead him to constantly do stuff with like rubber duckies and baths and scene with him just like lying in the bath where there's just too many bath scenes. It's one of the few things in this movie similar to like the when he bathes when he's in a bath. With no rubber duckies, and when he's in a bath full of rubber duckies, I know there's supposed to be some imagery or some message there, but I'm like, yo, this is the dude who made Road Trip. <laughs> so I don't, so like, if I'm missing something, this could I'm be. pretty sure there's nothing there. <laughs> like, did, did you, I thought that every time I saw the bath scenes, the mother son stuff, I think that like, he was just trying to like push the envelope and be like, is there like, some love going on between the the mother and son here but that is one thing that i, I just like didn't tr- anything that i didn't understand i didn't trust that it actually was something that i missed yeah and i i was just more confused about like ted and his character it's right. ve- very very uh, strange. First of all, it's hard to see Mark Maron for anybody other than than right. Mark Maron, especially as like the the cool guy. Yeah, right. The cool guy who just keeps fucking du- dressing up as a rubber duck. Like, right. Like, has I don't understand the casting. Could have moved on to management or something. <laughs> uh, and also, like, uh, he he's the cool guy for mm-hmm. Zazie. He's the cool guy for Arthur. Uh, he's he actually Spoiler, has a relationship. Mark Maron is the coolest guy in this movie. <laughs> yeah. He uh, and, and like he basically he has a podcast. He does have a podcast. He has I a was podcast. Like, All right, and, now he's a cool guy. Yeah. But he's podcasting to nobody really in particular. He, there's like shots of him in his apartment recording his podcast. Where believe it or not, guess who's watching? Guess who? Guess who got a front row <laughs> side window creepy seat? Would be one Arthur. Um, it, but it, like that was very extremely distracting because all I could think about every time that was referenced is was, like that. Oh wait, wait! I didn't even think about this. Like the, he, Mark Maron's character has a podcast. Yes, and, and I, like and I, Mark Maron, right? And I couldn't stop thinking about it being called My "What being the Duck." Blown. Oh, okay. <laughs> this is like in WTF, and instead just like "What the Duck" podcast with Mark with Mark Maron. He should <laughs> right. That blows my mind. It still seemed kind of weird, but it's very weird that they they gave Mark Mer. Okay, I at least understand that there were a lot of, I would say, poorly hidden Easter eggs 
Yeah, and there were some very like cringeworthy jokes that were were like trying to be clever, right? But not really. Where were, like he, so he carry he laughs a lot, and he carries around a card that says like uh, like what does it say? Like uh, pardon my laughing, I have a brain injury, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, it, so it's supposed to be less uncomfortable when he laughs out maniacally. But everybody, other people in the movie behave so strangely and so odd. It's almost like a Midsommar type vibe where you're like, is there anybody, like, is there anything that's kind of grounding this or is this thing just floating away and becoming absolute nonsense? I did catch the uh, Leslie Chow Easter egg in his apartment, uh, apartment building next to his name as L. Chow. Yeah, that was, uh, you explained it to me afterwards and I was like, really? Yeah. Come on. I saw that. Yeah. So that's a, that's an interesting one. Uh, the one that one of the ones that made me really roll my eyes was when he was on the subway and uh, some guy who was like a a bum, like a drunk or like sad bum or something. And oh, he a was, fellow, this oh, he was ahead. looking at yeah, he was looking at uh, Arthur and he goes, uh, "You're the you're the, a space cowboy. You're the gangster of love." I was like, "Oh, come on." It's just that that guy's uh, comments were. So you don't know that that was that was Steve Miller. No, like it Steve wasn't. Miller band. Yeah, was yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some people call, call me more. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. was fucking. Oh, that makes it so much worse. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was just like one of my notes is they really wanted to have a Steve Miller cameo. That is so ridiculous. I would bet that that came about from Steve Miller and Todd Phillips hanging out, <laughs> talking about <laughs> talking about road trip or something. That and is so fucking. And being like, hey, I can put you in the movie. Ah, but what can I do? We'll just make a uh, we'll make like a thirty second very Steve Miller heavy scene. Although it, he gets it, his ass like a, kicked after, so like it's yeah. the second worst thing that happens to him. <laughs> it's like the worst wink wink sort of reference that I've ever seen in my life. Well, actually, actually, not true. There's a worse one in this movie. What uh, when when Arthur sees the motorcycle on the side of the road and he goes, "Ah, I love motorcycles. I'd love yeah. to have me a Harley one day." Yeah, it's is that a, what's that an Easter egg? You, or is that like? Wait, a bad are you serious? You don't. You didn't get that joke. No, that's it's fucking. It's a Harley Quinn joke. Oh, I'm very relieved that it's just a, another comic book thing. I, whenever someone's like, "Oh, you didn't get that joke," I'm like, "Wait, is that like a sex thing? I don't know about." <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a stu- it's a stupid fucking like Joker. Harley okay, so Quinn Harley Quinn is, is Harley Quinn is in the oh Harley Quinn is um what's her face. It's Margot, Margot Robbie. Robbie. Right. Yeah. Uh, also, who, she's getting her own Harley Quinn movie. I have that seen looks, that. It looks, in my opinion, it looks very bad. <laughs> I have no idea but what you that want movie Margot is. Robbie to keep making art. <laughs> yes. Uh, so I thought that was the. Uh, do the, the Joker and Harley Quinn? So they have couple. one. The, do they date? Okay. Yes. I was going to say. So then we can say spoiler. He doesn't get with uh, Zazie Beats. Mm-hmm. But so he says. So yeah, he said, I'd love to have a Harley one day. Mm-hmm. Nobody. Just, ugh. I could. I was the, gonna say there was people fucking clapped. And I was shit going to in the say movie I would theater. think there would be some like big theater reaction, but there's one. There's a reaction like that to every line in a uh, in a comic book movie. Anytime a comic book movie references little, anything, like, it's the worst. Nod and a wink, and I don't understand any of it. I got. I'll tell you what. You know what it is. They it's, weren't doing it for Steve Miller, and I was like, "You guys know that Steve Miller." <laughs> you know what it is. It's it's like the comic book people. That just want to make it known that they get that reference and that they're fucking they're the real fans. Actually, on uh, Time Crisis, Ezra says that he was watching Avengers or something, and apparently he's like a huge comic book guy. And he said these movies have to chill out with throwing in a bunch of like like way too many winks to the audience, where yeah. they'll say like, "Oh, we have to talk about that," or like that didn't happen in this movie, or blah blah, blah like. Hey, do we know each other? Uh, we will soon. Like stupid little things like that. If a nerd, if a comic book nerd is like, hey, too much of that. Imagine how a dummy who doesn't know what <laughs> any of these things mean feels. It's just a constant reminder to me. Hey, you're not part of this. Yeah. And, and so for the Joker's credit or Joker's credit, I felt like there weren't that many, at least that I that I caught on to. There weren't too many like like Easter or like comic book references. Only other but one. There were, I think there were like more Todd Phillips references. Right. I'm here for the gangbang. 
Are you kidding me? That was a little much. It was also like a very violent scene. He shoots somebody, and he's the the he walks up and he's I'm here for the gangbang. Like that is a that's a old school. Yes. Which Todd Phillips delivers. Unbelievable. Todd Phillips is that guy. Yeah, you're right. This is more like it's, it's more, more like Todd, Todd Phillips, Phillips celebrating himself. <laughs> the Todd Phillips celebration story versus the Joker origin story. Uh, he did the uh, one of the other uh, sign twiller people is Voodoo Lady. Voodoo Lady is a Ween song that is played in Road Trip. That no, so that's a fucking deep cut. <laughs> like only you would. Recognize I got that, that right when you said Voodoo Lady. I was like, oh, that's a Ween reference. Oh, that song is in Road Trip. So it's again, it, everything goes back to it being a Todd Phillips. Uh, it's reference. fucking ridiculous, Todd. This is a Todd. I feel like it hurts the movie that it's. From the guy who brought you road trip, <laughs> but all the movie does is remind you that right. This you is would made think that would Todd want to Phillips. escape, like right. it, Todd Phillips would want to, like this to be like his getaway project. If they hit pause halfway through it and was like, "Hey, uh, odds are even that Zach Galifianakis is in this movie," <laughs> I'd be like, <sighs> "Gotta take the yes." I th- I the think way that yes. this is going, <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> this is <laughs> this is headed to Galifianakisville. Uh, yeah, I think I feel like Todd Phillips was like, I I have to keep reminding people that this is my movie. Like yeah. this is this is my project. Like, hey, by the way, you might have laughed at, at my old stuff. You might not have taken me seriously in the past, but hey, guess what? You have to, then, and you then have why to you remember. Keep, why do you keep giving us reasons to not take him seriously? Uh, I was I waiting. Know. I was like, "Hey, I think Amy Smart's going to come in and pop her top off. That would be <laughs> be, be a nice little curveball." Uh, I do have this written down. Uh, the actor who plays the congressman in The Dark Knight Rises, mm-hmm. the uh, his name is Brett Cullen. He plays Bruce Wayne's dad, and let me tell you, that led to. A lot of confused Googling from me after. Because this is supposed to be a standalone thing. It's right. with different people in different world. So so then I guess then an, an actor is allowed to play somebody that he plays differently in a different movie. Yeah, I, I guess. Uh, well, speaking of that, the Robert De Niro thing fucking threw me for a, a massive loop. The therapy thing? Yes. Ro- do wait, so- do you, wait, you said it threw you for a loop. So does that mean that, that you at least got to understanding it? I No, I understood I, it. I understood it. You Didn't at the time, still don't. Okay, so... Explain it. Uh, Robert De Niro's character... In, a, a lot of people have been uh, comparing Taxi Driver and The Joker. I have seen the side-by-side things, yeah. Yes, and so... Never seen that movie, by the way, have you? you never seen Taxi Driver? Couldn't be me, no. So, so if I didn't see uh, Taxi Driver, I wouldn't have got this. So that, okay, this is making sense now. <laughs> so uh, Arthur goes to the same therapist as Robert De Niro's character in Taxi Driver, and they use... Uh, they use de-aging CGI for one scene with Robert De Niro. So it's supposed to be like, a, oh, here's like a nod to the taxi driver character. So that's not, so that's not the talk show host. No. Robert, so that's why it's so fucking confusing. Robert De Niro plays two different characters one in of this which movie. Is a de-aged Robert De Niro? Yes. Oh, my God. Like, it is fucking wild. That is... I, so I don't feel bad. Everything that I have not understood that you've had to explain to me in this movie, I feel like I'm let off the hook. It's okay. Like I, I shouldn't have understood. I that. can't believe that that like that has not been covered more. Maybe there's like an embargo or something. But like I cannot believe that pe- more people haven't been like, how does how is Robert De Niro playing the same two different characters in this movie? And also, why is everybody obsessed with de aging Robert De Niro? Because Scorsese's doing it too in the Irish. Really. Movie. Yeah, have you not seen the screenshots from The Irishman? I'm too confused because there was that movie Kill the Irishman that I saw that was good, and I uh, I'm not ready for a new Irishman movie. Okay, so yeah, so De Niro plays like a, a character who ages about forty years throughout uh, The Irishman. I was going to say more this than movie? that. I was Maybe. like, <laughs> well, yeah, Joker, technically. <laughs> um, let me ask you this: Do you think that uh, Frosted Mini Wheats paid? For as much exposure as it got in this movie, I would assume so because it was all over the place. They fucking uh, Arthur and his mom. Arthur and his mom. Their favorite fucking meal is frosted mini wheats. Rush frosted mini wheats. Morning, afternoon, night, and some of the scenes. I, th- I honestly think around, like they the- could. I think everything else in this movie is secondary to driving him crazy. You eat that many frosted mini wheats, you're probably going to go off the deep end. Yeah, but I wonder, like, would. 
it, is that product placement? Because you're, if you're Frosted Mini Wheats and you're Kellogg's, whatever that company is, and is and you're paying to be in the movie, but it's only where a bad, problematic, toxic person is eating your food, and he's the only one, him and his mother, then, and she's guilty by association, so she's bad, then you are paying to have your food and your product be toxic. Yeah, but I mean, think about how many how many like bad guys or villains have used product placement in other movies. I'm gonna Google this: Frosted Mini Wheats. It's crazy, Joker. but like people just can't seem to grasp the fact that Kellogg's like, paid nine million dollars to be featured in. Is that this a lot? Movie. Do you think that's? I a, don't know in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, I like, have no well, idea, what, like what does Joaquin Phoenix end up costing? I don't know. Probably a lot more than nine million. I bet. But I what's mean, the, if that pays for budget. You're right. If that pays for part of like his trailers, <laughs> yeah, right. Well, I mean, now I'm confused because he's very skinny and he's eating a lot of frosted mini wheats. So that's like a maybe I mean, he's using a plant based milk. Maybe that's maybe that's like the that was the trade off for frosted mini wheats. They were like, you can eat all the cereal you want, and you won't gain weight. Ah, uh, and that's like a nice little promotion, but also like, hey, well, you'll have to be associated with this bad guy. Uh, another one of my notes: Arthur reads his mom's mail in general. It's just not cool. Don't do that. Um, what did you think of his? What did you think of his clothing and his attire? Ah, that was one of my notes. Uh, it's very clearly like a Walter White Heisenberg situation going on in this movie, How and they so? they use I mean they use colors very um, methodically. Where he's oh yeah, as he gets worse, he becomes more colorful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's it's sort of like the the I don't want to say it's the opposite because like Walter White starts off really drab mm-hmm. and boring, and the same thing with Arthur. Like his clothing is like a lot. It's a lot of browns, right. a lot of beiges, lot earth of like, tones. Yeah, a lot Just of like ugh. Yeah. and uh, and then as soon as he starts to like transition into the Joker, a lot more color. Yeah, there's a lot more color in his life, and I I like that. I I like the. Uh, like the, the symbolism there like it's, he's getting crazy but like he's bringing more color into his life i'll say that as he's transitioning he's like got some josh tillman fashion type yeah. stuff going on and i mean the fashion is it's great he looks good yeah he, bad, he does. bad character but he looks good and i love the colors that he chooses yeah so uh there's definitely like a lot a lot of color in this movie uh once he starts to become the joker and embrace that i really like that but where it gets really confusing is that He's fucking butt-ass naked for, like, a third of this movie. <laughs> there is a ton of... I said at the beginning, there's a ton of, like, uh, ribcage, Joaquin Phoenix ribcage porn. But he... There is... The he, one he's consistent. doing no bottoms quite the, a bit. The, the one no consistent... Bottoms. Like, the colors and stuff change, but the one consistent is this guy just fucking loves to be naked. There is more nudity. Right. This ain't Amy Smart. Nudity and he, Todd and, Phillips. He has and, graduated to Joaquin Phoenix nudity. But I feel like we're only talking about like negative stuff. We have only hit negative stuff. I will say that it is, but half of it isn't even negative. It's just like the bizarre stuff, right? Bizarre takeaways. And when you take those things and you isolate them, then of course they sound a million times weirder. But I mean, it's entertaining. It's gripping. I mm-hmm. would say that's a that would be the cliche word i'd use it's gripping it's unpleasant it's it is very unpleasant which is i it should be and that's saying sometimes like i won't watch things if i think that they're going to be unpleasant like i, w- I didn't want to see midsomarks i was like if this makes me uncomfortable the whole time and it like gets me it like spikes my anxiety and everything just see ya not but, doing it but i, I don't want to watch a joker origin story that's like a fun happy-go-lucky right, this time is basically, this is basically the is it Dark Dark Knight? Yeah. Like the bank scene? No, no. The what's what's the which one is it when like the streets are flooded and oh it's it's the the one with Bane where Dark they're Knight putting Rises. people on trial and like all yeah. the stuff is going on in the bank and everything. It's it's like a lot of that sort of stuff. So it's nothing that it's nothing that you can't watch, but right. it is it's gripping. It's uh it's it's a good movie though. Like I I want a dog Todd Phillips because he was clearly uh, Brandon Flowersing himself the entire movie. Mm-hmm. But overall, 
It looks great. It's yep. shot really well. The performances are are awesome. Yeah. The the just like the entire aesthetic of it is really cool. Zazie beats terrific. Could have done with less Mark Marin. Way too much Mark Marin. I agree. <laughs> what's your What's your uh, problematic slash toxicity scale of this Ooh. movie? It is. Uh, I'm gonna get a out ahead of this. I'm gonna give it uh, full tens for mm. it being toxic and problematic. So I am more considerate than anybody else. Ooh, yeah, look at you. Yeah. Just the... I'm going to say it was a good movie. I liked it. Go check it out. But uh, if anybody's like, hey, was this problematic? I'm like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> that makes you... I think that makes you worse. Why? <laughs> because you're like, this movie is problematic and I loved it. Oh, that's true. Right. I guess... Uh, did you see the Vox headline? No. Was, oh, yes, uh, I saw you tweet it. Joker has toxic fans. Does that mean it shouldn't exist? <laughs> I was like, oh, dude. Or I, I don't know if it was a man or woman who wrote it, so I apologize to, to the author. But um, you know that some people like your work who are toxic. <laughs> Hope, uh, hopefully. like I will say I'll answer that, that headline and say yes, as long as it also means that we get to cancel the Toronto Maple Leafs. A lot of toxic fans. Tor- Toronto Maple Leafs do have a lot of toxic fans. Everybody has toxic fans. If you have fans, there's probably not to be like, oh, there's bad apples in every group. But like, it's true. Like bad. I'm sure like a lot of really bad dudes. I remember I saw a thing that people in prison were playing Nintendo 64 when I was a kid. And I was upset because I was like... Yeah, this is oh, supposed to be for the good boys. Into, right. I was like, Nintendo 64 is bad guys like that? So uh, the answer to that question, should it still exist, is yes, of course it can. And the answer to the question, did we see the movie, The Joker, is a resounding no. <laughs> Didn't see it. I can't wait to see it, though. Very excited. Yeah, we'll have to, we'll have to tell you about it next time. <laughs>